We have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today, in honor of Wreck-It Ralph 2, Electric Boogaloo, based off of the novel Pushed by Sapphire, Breaks the Internet, we are taking a look back at the video game hodgepodge known simply as The Wizard. Yes, uh, The... 1989 wizard there's been a lot of movies that had wizard in the title so Mm -hmm. lest you are confused this is not the wizard of oz this is not the Wiz. this This, is not your wizard harry a harry potter story yes um which it would have made sense to do the wizard last week with the crimes of grindelwald we really need to look so much further in advance than we do I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> uh, so if you are unfamiliar with The Wiz or it's just a pixelated memory, um, let me give you a little bit of a refresher. Uh, the Wizard is about a boy and his brother running away from home and hitch cross country with the help of a girl that they meet to compete in the Ultimate Video Game Championship. That's The Wizard in a nutshell. It stars so many people. Fred Savage, Christian Slater, Bo Bridges, uh, Luke Edwards, who plays uh, Jimmy, a.k.a. The Wizard, Mm. and uh, Jenny Lewis, uh, who has later uh, gotten fame as a uh, singer. Now, this movie uh, was just yet an idea uh, and Tom Pollock's uh, of Universal Studios mine. Uh, he approached Nintendo of America's marketing department about a video game movie inspired by Nintendo video game competitions, which, by the way, were a real thing and were the earliest stages of esports. Um, oh. And he envisioned a video game of like the movie Tommy. If if you're familiar with that movie, I'm not. The uh, uh, the the pinball. Yes. Pinball movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they wanted to basically make that movie, but for a younger audience. And then Nintendo licensed uh, their products to Universal to be able to make a movie. And a lot of people would expect that Nintendo would have, like, a huge hand in playing it. Like a master hand? Oh, you did it. You did it. (laughs) Uh, But really, Universal had a ton of creative control, which is why the third act... Uh, takes place solely inside of Universal Studios, where I have never seen such a blatant disregard for copyright. Did you see that panda? That panda wearing oh, yeah. red pants and yellow shoes? Mickey the panda? I, yeah. <laughs> Mickey no, the panda. It. You and oh. I went to Universal Studios together, and uh, we not once saw Mickey the panda. No, no. they Disney was like watching The Wizard. They said, oh, oh I don't think so. <laughs> No, it's just a Kung Fu Panda skin. We're beta testing it for mm-hmm, a future mm-hmm, film. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. The movie is known uh, for two big things. One, the power glove. It's so bad. That's the uh, power of glove. <laughs> uh, one of Nintendo's actually earliest um, foyers into the uh, motion control. So it was like a yeah. pre, pre, pre Wii. Fun fact, Pre-Wii. wasn't made by Nintendo is actually made by Fisher Price. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that they would be the first ones to do it because Duck Hunt really set the stage for being able to interact with some kind of, um, I don't know what you would call it, third-party controller mm-hmm. uh, and interact with the screen. And so like, let's take that put it in a glove and people mm-hmm. will feel awesome. Yes. <laughs> uh, and the second thing that the wizard is known for is for the American debut of Super Mario Brothers 3. Oh, man. Prior to the theatrical release of this movie, Super Mario Brothers 3 was not out yet. So people were seeing Super Mario Brothers 3 for the first time and legend goes, it was epic. That was a very surprising moment in this movie when they reveal what the game is going to be played that no one else has ever played. I thought it was going to be some made-up game from the movie. And then when I saw it, I was like, Bleep Blorp! (laughs) The game! I was like, oh, that's right. This movie was made in the past. (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh, is this going to be that new Tomb Raider game? Well, at first I was curious because I was like, is this supposed to be kind of like fantasy? Like right. Super Mario 3 didn't exist. Like whenever, like on 30 Rock and things like that, they're like, oh, Terminator 12. And then we eventually get to like Terminator 12. Right. It's like, was this one of those things? But then I was like, no, they're actually playing this game. They're playing this mm-hmm. game. But it does raise the question from Fred Savage in the audience trying to yell out advice to him. How did he know any of the stuff that he was coaching on because no one had played this game. Yeah. How do you know? Look for the warp. Look for the warp. Okay, sure. Just shout things at the kid, I guess. I guess maybe they had read it in... It's in the script. It's in the third act. Go for the warp. (laughs) They just pull a Muppets and they're reading the script. (laughs) Don't worry, Jimmy. You win. (laughs) Now, this movie um, wasn't particularly famous but more so infamous for being real bad roger ebert uh began his review with saying this is a movie that has everything going for it except a good script a believable premise and common sense he gave this a one-star review stating that it will disappoint just about everybody well he's a sega fanboy that's what we can all really get from his review and clearly he is not a human with a heart (laughs) that's what i got from that now the wizard was made uh with a six million dollar budget and made 14 million in theaters which was pretty good um so much so that they decided for its uh home video release to release it on vhs and laserdisc Three times, Grayson. Wow. In 1990, in 1992, and 1997. By 1993, The Wizard grossed $6 million in video rentals. Oh, so they made their budget back just through video rentals? Just through the rentals. Because people were trying to figure out how to get to that warp. (laughs) It's like, listen, I want to rent Super Mario Bros. 3 and The Wizard. Because I have to. Yeah, in a pre-YouTube world, you just have to watch mm-hmm. the third act of The Wizard. Yep. If you want some cheats. Oh, yeah. Now, um, I thought that this was just very interesting. Uh, the literal translations of The Wizard in other countries mm-hmm. uh, were pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, in Germany, it was called Joystick Heroes. Mm-hmm. I like the, in- the one in Japan. I think that's yeah. probably the best one. 
It was called Sweet Road. Sweet Road. <laughs> Which actually makes more sense because they really emphasize the road in yep. this movie. Yeah. Yeah. They spend the first five minutes of him just walking on the road. Yeah. Italy and Brazil was a little on the nose. Mm-hmm. The wizard of video games. Mm-hmm. Just the wizard. It's cleaner. Uh, I love what um, Finland went with game over, which is yeah awesome. And then Sweden yeah. with second place uh, Game Boy, which uh, Nintendo <laughs> probably said, oh, have some problems. Okay, okay, guys, let's be. Let me stop you there. Let's ease up, okay? Yeah. France had oh. Video Kid, which is kind of nice. And yeah. It's kind of sweet. And then Although, Spain? Spain? Come on, Spain. The champion of video games. Spoiler alert. Oh, so he won. So this yeah. is oh, okay. a free willy situation. Oh, so the, he oh, freed so willy. Oh, so you free willy. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. Well, thanks for saving me a movie ticket. Yeah. But I think Canada's is probably the, the sweetest of all of them. Oh, yeah. Where Canada titled this film... The child genius. Not to be confused with baby geniuses later on. Sequel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was the prequel. <laughs> the genius babies are his kids. Oh. Now, uh, when I grew up, I did not watch this movie, but I had always been aware of it. In fact, uh, one of our friends of the podcast, Chris Sanders, made a whole music video dedicated to the power glove oh. uh which we will share on our twitter uh it was amazing uh and the power glove just was such a prominent fixture because of this movie but uh from my understanding it didn't really work well cuz the response time wasn't all that great and also uh you know the technology just wasn't able to catch up with like moving things with that kind of precision so uh but it is one of those those great artifacts of the past, of uh, gaming's past, I guess. I tried to think of another word, but I couldn't. Um, right, you got it. Past. <laughs> of yesteryear. There it goes. The gaming artifacts yes. of yesteryear. Yeah. Antiquities and... of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I remembered mostly about this game. I completely forgot that um, Ben Savage's brother, Fred Savage, was in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's and, uh, basically all I remembered about this movie. Because I did see this movie growing up. I uh, remembered, like, none of it. <laughs> so, Ricky, I'm sorry. Let me just say, I am sorry. Because mm-hmm. I recommended this movie to you based on Wreck-It Ralph. Because I thought mm-hmm. that this movie had more of a Tron-based story. Which is somehow what I remember. I Listeners, please let me know what movie I'm actually thinking of, because I thought this movie was about a kid played by Fred Savage who puts, like, magical quarters into maybe a magical arcade box and then is in the arcade games, like a page master with video games is what I thought this movie was going to be. I I think you're thinking of Kid in King Arthur's Court. No, I'm always thinking of Kid in King Arthur's Court. (laughs) Uh, but for some reason, I thought they went into the video games, which, and I completely forgot all of the um, devastatingly sad parts of this movie. Like, I just, I thought, like, three kids have an adventure uh, in inside of video games, and then I realized I was thinking of the other Bridges Brothers movie, which was just Tron. Yeah. Um, 
they certainly have a type. <laughs> but I was way off and remembered nothing about this movie. So uh, sorry, sorry for making you cry. If you cry, no, I mean it. It was because I mean this is one of those movies again that we we don't we on the podcast don't try to review quote unquote bad movies because you know we believe every movie is a miracle. Uh, but I have known this movie to be known for being just like. Bad. So I didn't know that. I thought it was like a celebrated classic. No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but I really enjoyed it watching it again. Like, I welled up at the end. And spoiler alert for everyone. Here's the thing. And I'll talk about this a little bit more in my reasons to recommend. But the final scene to me shows the maturity of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll, I'll, so, yeah, I'll talk about that more later. But... I did not think that this was a bad movie. And so I'm surprised that Ebert is so critical of it and that other people are so critical of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like it's not a bad movie, but yeah. I think it's one of those movies like Airbud. Like I know, like I remember watching Airbud. I'm just like, yeah, what a dumb movie about a dog playing basketball. Have we run out of ideas, Hollywood? A dog playing, like just, just hearing, oh yeah, Airbud. A dog plays basketball. You think I've heard enough, but then you actually watch it and you're like, "Oh, um, you should have told me to bring a mop to mop up my tears because (laughs) this is so sad and so emotional." Uh, Because like they don't even make a reference to a video game until 20 minutes into the movie. Like the video game isn't even the inciting incident. The inciting incident is, "Hey." We're going to institutionalize this child who keeps on running away from home. That's the inciting incident of yeah. the wizard. Right. Like, like it, it, it's one of those things where you think the movie is about video games just on the surface level. But really, it's about family and connecting and dealing with loss and how video games just so happen to be the vehicle that really help us to play the game of life together. Exactly. It's a multiplayer game. Exactly. And yeah. uh, I don't think that you have to be a gamer to appreciate that. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, oh, I really did enjoy this movie. It was fun. And it was, it, it's one of those movies where you're reminded of the prevalence of video games. Like, even when they go to this, um, this one little stop that has an arcade, like, they are gambling with salesmen. Uh, yeah. And that's how prevalent video games were. And this kid says, yeah, I have 90 video games. And he's like, yeah, I know all of them. And she said, you know all of those games? I was thinking the same thing. I said, dude, I can't even make yeah. it through. I can't even finish Earthworm Jim today as a video game. I realized as an adult that uh, when Sonic Generations came out and I played it and they said, hey, you unlocked the first Sonic the Hedgehog, I realized I never finished the first Sonic the Hedgehog. I can't recall a single video game I finished so this kid doesn't go to school it's impossible here there's not enough time for you to be good at those many games and still keep your academics up he was banking on making that money because his parents like listen if you don't win this money we're throwing all these games away fifty thousand dollars grayson yeah it's that that's a respectable prize for video armageddon yeah, that's a salary. Yeah. Of good salary. I mean, but after taxes. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, it was a it was a California based competition. So oh yeah, so <laughs> good, good luck. On, <laughs> good luck keeping that money. <sighs> but one game I really wish that they would have played is uh, the game of head cannon. <gasps> head cannon. Head cannon. It's a really fun game. Um, it's a game where all you have to do is uh, come up with unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. That's great. It's the game where everyone can play and nobody <laughs> wins. Power glove not included. So you kind of um, hinted at my head cannon, um, but I'm going to build it up as if you didn't. Oh, um, Grayson. Yeah. New idea. Uh-huh. This movie is a Tron story. Oh. How did I arrive to this conclusion? Well, mm-hmm. it's simple, Grayson. I just crossed the bridges. <laughs> Bo Bridges, Jeff Bridges, 80s. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. So it's kind of like Cloverfield where this is in the video yes. game universe. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. That's good. Um, I have one other headcanon, which is, this is a meanwhile to Sister Act. Interesting. Because they were in Reno, and I was like, when's the last time I saw Reno? Sister Act. Okay. Headcanon. That's uh, that's good. That's pretty much it. Um, And then my last headcanon, Grayson, and this is Mm -hmm. a headcanon that landed, landed in my brain that was like, yes, this is perfect. This is a headcanon about Jimmy, our um, our protege, who's just really good at video games. Um, now, one thing that people do, myself included, is they will play video games while doing other things. It's not necessarily a distraction, but it's kind of like extra processing power. It, like it helps you to process other things more clearly because you yep. just have a lot of things going on in your brain. It's like problem solving, right? Well, Jimmy grows up. Um, he's very uh, competent technologically. Um, so he, um, he's like really good. Like, as we saw very young, he got an impossible level at double dragon. Uh, after playing it for two minutes, he basically completed the game, but that's neither here nor there, but his tech skills got noticed, um, by an agency, um, that is, you know, really focused on, uh, security. So national security. Um, and so ultimately he gets, um, inducted into this organization um and he he still kind of plays video games um and one time he gets called out um a man walks in and he's like that man's playing galaga he thought we wouldn't notice but we did (laughs) jimmy is the galaga guy jimmy works for shield (laughs) jimmy works for shield jimmy is the galaga guy and uh He's uh he's in the MCU. So The Wizard is a prequel. That's right if you if you're doing the timeline of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this lands right before Captain Marvel. Oh, that's Ted uh, That's good. The one where Jimmy works for Shield. <laughs> And that oh. is all of my headcanon. That's great. So let's balance it out, so to speak, and say that Lucas is Thanos. Um, <laughs> that's why he's able to wield the power glove with such skill. Um, that's why. So he basically uh, spends the rest of his life 
trying to correct what was taken from him in the sense that he does not believe that Super Mario Brothers 3 was uh, a balanced game. So he tries to balance all things, uh, you know, as all things should be perfectly imbalanced. So, uh, yeah. Which is just great with your headcanon because it means that ultimately Jimmy (laughs) will battle Thanos again. Oh, no. Jimmy works for S.H.I.E.L.D. That's how they're going to defeat him is he's he's going to play Thanos and Galaga. <laughs> oh, another dance-off? No. A Armageddon. <laughs> they're just going to borrow Groot's game. And, yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. High score on this game. <laughs> they're going to get the same... They're gonna get the same host of it as well. That's why it's it's more of like a video game Ragnarok than a video game Armageddon. Yes, uh, but yeah, that's all I got. Lucas, good. Is Thanos. <laughs> now we're going to the part of the show where we like to talk about recast and remakes. Recast, remake. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? I would love it. I mean, basically. The only thing that came to mind was Ready Player One. Like, that's sure. what came to mind. I'm just like, it'd be Ready Player One. Like, it's it's that. Mm-hmm. It, it's that. Um, but I would also love to see um, a more, like, again, I, I feel like we go less to film with our recast or remake, and we almost always go to, like, I want to see the series version of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would like to see a series version of this, but I would like to see an animated series version of this where it mm. is that movie that you <laughs> the movie I thought place, it was <laughs> where they Oh yeah. my gosh, no Grayson, you're thinking of um is a TV show. Are you thinking about um reboot? No, not reboot, but uh superhero samurai squad. There is 0% chance <laughs> that that's what I was thinking of. Uh yeah no uh superhero superhuman samurai cyber squad mm. no I wasn't ring any bell that either okay all right yeah. got it um but basically where uh he's a wizard and he like can actually physically go into the video games and play them of course the modern day adaptation would be it's an app it's like a brand new mobile game that oh sure everyone's all about um. But it's really difficult not to just make it Ready Player One. But that's, I, I feel like the modern day adaptation of it would be that storyline. Uh, yeah. I think an animated version of that would be fun to see. I think cast wise, I mean, okay, have you seen the show Raven's Home? No. Okay, so Raven's Home is a spinoff. It's like a fuller house, but for the show, that's a Raven. Mm. Uh, Raven and Chelsea, they have kids. Um, and they are both uh, single parents who are, you know, raising their kids. A child actor who plays the character Levi Grayson um, is Jason Maybaum. And he is the 2018 season one Luke from Modern Family. Oh, whoa. A he, new challenger has A new challenger approached. Has and he, he's like a tween-aged and very... Uh, like mature and hilarious, he has really good timing. Uh, but he's he's great, and I would I would cast him. Hmm. 
I would like to see a, a remake of this, and if they do serialize it, um, like we we typically do, then to have each episode be a different game, but they're not actually inside of it. They're using the game much like an Abed Christmas special or like the video <laughs> game episode of Community. Yeah. Um, and working with. Uh, Jimmy's counselor to on these on these different things, and then you have the personal story of the family. But mm-hmm. I, I think just the title of each episode would be the game that they're jumping into. I would still keep it in '89 for the recasting. I thought, you know what? We always recast the main people, but I want to submit to you a few recastings of some of the smaller characters in this movie. Yeah. Um, for example, let's see, registration guy at uh, Video Armageddon. That guy uh-huh. had one scene and really made the most of it. And I yes. think Jack Black could do the same. Absolutely. I think, I think he would really just make the most. Uh, this wasn't a smaller character, but Putnam, the the absolutely terrible bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recast him with Bob Balaban. And if you can't picture Bob Balaban, look him up and you'll be like, that's Putnam. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Bob Balaban. It's it's him. Uh, and then finally, uh, the tour guide at Universal Studios <laughs> on the tram. Everyone just have fun. <laughs> have fun. Sit down. Uh, Steve Martin. I, I think that would be uh, <laughs> Steve Martin. Would you like to smell the cap? Uh, yeah, it would be like the Muppets, where you have huge names in these smaller roles. Oh, and I, I forgot, the video game Armageddon host uh, would be Michael Keaton, because it's basically Beetlejuice already. Oh, so maybe that's my headcanon, that this is what Beetlejuice did before he died. He hosted these video games. That's why he's so obsessed with putting people in these different worlds and playing games with them. Oh my goodness. A That's why he he turns it into a like a game show with Lydia. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow, that is great. There you go. Finally found it. it. Finally found the real headcanon. Well, a done. segment later. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to go into the part of the show where we share with you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would mm-hmm. you recommend the 1989 movie, The Wizard? I'd recommend The Wizard because uh, it really is a heartfelt story. The video games are just a vehicle for what the family is going through. It's it's a very troubled, hurting family. The loss of a child, the loss of a twin, like there, oh, there's so much happening here. Uh, I mean, it is uh, it is the haunting of Hill House in 1989. So fans of that will love The Wizard. Um, so I, I I think there's a lot of emotion going behind it. What I was kind of hinting at before was that there is a difference between plot and story, and this movie uh, recognizes that. Uh, the reason I say that is because I feel like a lesser movie, um, so I guess in uh, Ebert's mind, a half-star movie, would um, a lesser movie would end it with like the freeze frame fist pump winning the the competition is like yep he won everything's fine the end but there is that is the end of maybe the plot there is still more story to be told and that is jimmy's story as to why he is so upset in the first place what does california mean to him and you have to get to the dinosaurs in order to to resolve 
the ultimate story. And it's not until he opens that box and he sees all of the, the artifacts, the family sees the artifacts too, that they're able to recognize together, we were at our best when we were here. Uh, and allows them to grow. You get the sense that they they will stay in touch. They are a amended family moving forward. And if you end it at the video game competition, you lose all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not even just a, a cheap emotional end. They've set it up like they said uh, when when Bo Bridges and Christian Slater are in the hotel room. They're like we were at our best when we were there. They like it's been building towards this, and you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they don't really have a, a shot of it at all. It's just kind of in the background. But if you look behind Jimmy when he's sitting like on that puppet stage in, in the dinosaur and all that, what a weird sentence. But when <laughs> he's on the puppet stage in the dinosaur and he's looking through the lunchbox, behind him on the wall is written in crayon, Jimmy and Jennifer. Mm. Um, and so this was a very special place to both of them. And um, that... That is the resolution of the story. So I, re- I just really respect that they, um, they recognized the story that they were trying to tell. They were able to resolve it. And so for me, that's what the movie was about. Uh, the video games were a fun aspect of it, but I recommend this movie because it is about a, a traumatized and hurting family that um, they just want to, to be whole again. And to, mm-hmm. and to find each other. And it's interesting, too, with Haley's character, because she's someone who doesn't really have a family. There. Like, her mom ran off with the gambling debts, and her dad is always on the road. And and she's kind of able to step into this family. And so she gets the family that she's looking for. She also takes on, like, this sister persona to mm-hmm. the boys, um, which you know may cause problems for Fred Savage mm-hmm. later on, but uh, it's kind of like a sister to the family, and these these entities are able to um, kind of find completion and find uh, wholeness again, and that's um, uh, that's just a really attractive story to yeah. to pursue. So yeah, it's heartfelt, it's fun. I recommend The Wizard. Yeah. Um, to quote T. Michael Martin um, in his book, The End Games, right before chapter one, there's a quote, um, and it says, everything not saved will be lost. Nintendo quit screen message. I think that that is the real heart of this story, because in video games, you have multiple lives to live, but with these characters, they only have one, and they have to deal with all of the fractures and all of the hard losses because they can't save what has been lost um, unless you save what you have. And uh, that's me making the wizard way deeper than what people expected it. That's Um, beautiful though. Thank you. It overall, it was just a ton of fun. Like I remember it, it sent me back to the time where again, like video games were everywhere but like i was never as like good as like what i expected like i knew kids who were like the wizard who i would i would go to after school daycare and we would just huddle around and watch like 
three kids just play Super Mario Brothers. And we're like, is he gonna get? Is he gonna get to the end? Is he gonna beat the boss? Like, are we going to actually witness this thing that we can never do on our own? <laughs> uh, because it, it really video games back in the day was this more communal experience than what I think a lot of people see it as, like as a bunch of isolated people not necessarily connecting in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it took me back to that time, and it's really a fun, nostalgic throwback to that. Uh, and also, it's like a surprisingly heartfelt story that yeah. focuses on video games. Right. Uh, so I, I definitely recommend it for that. If you ever played video games like back in the day, like in the 80s or 90s era, uh, back when seeing Super Mario 3 was like a signifier of like a great weekend, uh, which could still, you know, be today. Um is definitely worth watching. Um, and if you've only heard that it's a bad movie, uh, watch it for yourself. Uh, yeah. Because where else are you going to see a movie where they have the line, We have three contestants! <laughs> One! A two! Three! <gasps> oh, actually, that's that's my headcanon. That the host <laughs> is the owl from the Tootsie Roll commercials. <laughs> three! <laughs> And that is our review of the 1989 movie, The Wizard. Let us know what you remember about The Wizard. And I would actually be curious, what is your highest score that you've ever gotten on a video game? Because it wasn't until I watched this movie that I realized you have a score in Super Mario Brothers. I've never, never have I, never have I ever played Super Mario Brothers for a score i'm just like i, I just want to get to the end get not once it. yeah not once and i'm thinking oh let me see let me look at what my score is i couldn't tell you what my score is on super mario brothers or any other game that apparently like if you were to tell me yeah sonic the hedgehog you have a score i'm like i need had a timer but not like a score so no, i mean i guess so i mean the numbers pop up everything that you collect but i never thought about it and they're like get the star i was like oh yeah i guess stars are worth more than like mushrooms uh, yeah i didn't yeah. know that but like stars are worth more than mushrooms okay <laughs> It also answered my question when they revealed it was Super Mario Brothers 3. I was like, how is this going to be competitive? Just like whoever gets the farthest? And I was right? like, oh, yeah, <laughs> scores. So, yeah, what's your highest score? Yeah. Let us know on Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks. And we would love it if you gave this podcast a review on your favorite podcasting platform. Whatever your podcasting console is, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review. Um, you know, reviewing it um, with a video game like i give this five space invaders or (laughs) this is the wizard of podcasts which we know will mean an unexpected delight uh and also a rating of a score between uh one and five power gloves yeah or at Um, least fingers of the power gloves yeah you know like a one i think we know which finger that is five (laughs) Five's got the thumb in there. You can do yeah. anything. Anything. Uh, let us know. Thank you. Yeah. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Now, we know technically it's not the Christmas season yet, but you know what? Scrooge it. We're going to review the 1988 movie Scrooge. Oh, it's going to be a very Murray Christmas.